Today on Abounding Grace, we'll discover how God is using everything we go through in life, even the difficult things. I mean, where are you today exactly? Are you in a job that you just can't stand? Are you in a relationship that's struggling? Are you listening to this from a hospital room or a jail cell somewhere? Maybe on the side of the road in a car that's broken down? Could God be using it? Could God be using the difficulties that you're in right now as a piece, as a part of the puzzle of your life? That although you don't see the outside, you don't have the box of the puzzle. You don't know how all the pieces are going to work. The Lord is revealing himself in deeper ways. This is amazing grace. It's time for Abounding Grace. In just a moment, we'll hand things over to Pastor Ed Taylor. We've just begun a new study of Daniel, and we picked out this study for such a time as this, as we believe the book has a great deal to communicate to us at this very hour. Today, Pastor Ed is going to recall a time in Daniel's life where he was taken into captivity, but God would use even that in amazing ways, as only he can. In fact, we'll learn today that God uses everything we go through. Nothing is wasted. Allow that to encourage your heart today. Take your Bibles, open them to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 in a Bible study I've entitled, It's All Used of God. So you know, the timing of God is perfect. It's always perfect. God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And you think the life that you now live, in the time in which you live, in the place that you live, is all by design by divine design. And it's amazing because we were born when we were born. We didn't have any say in our birth or even in our lives. God ordained where we were, where we grew up, uh, where we moved to. I know some of you grew up in one singular place and then others moved from place to place, perhaps because of the military or other situations. But you grew up where you grew up. You learned what you learned so that God could use you today all for the moment. And knowing this and believing this truly changes our perspective. And one of the perspectives that is important to come back to time and time again is that yes, God is using all of it in my life. Not just some of it, but all of it. Or another way of saying is that nothing in my life or yours is wasted by God. Nothing in your life is missed by God. It's all put together for his sovereign purposes, that he has it under control, that my life has meaning and direction and an aim. As we learn, you can jot it down in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. It says, the Lord gave me a message, he said. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Isn't that amazing? God already doing a work. Before you were in the womb, 
In God's foreknowledge, he knew what he was going to do with your life. This can be great comfort for anyone listening right now that's not quite sure what God's doing in their life right now, in the moment, where you stand back, you assess your life, you measure it by some expectations, maybe measure it by a friend, measure it by Instagram. You've come to the conclusion that your life doesn't measure up. And you wonder, what is God doing? It's great for Jeremiah. It's even great for Daniel. But as we study through the life of Daniel, we always come, when we open the Bible, we come to face to face of the difficulties that everybody faces. And Daniel, we, we usually get the highlights. Today we're introduced to a low light in his life. He was literally kidnapped or taken captive by an invading country. <laughs> and one day he was living with great promise, raised in a godly home, and the next day he's being brainwashed by the culture and, in this case, the government and the leadership. Remember, Daniel's a book about a man and his ministry, the purity of his life, the prophecy through his life, and how important prophecy is in giving us insight of the faithfulness of God, that his word always comes to pass. So check this out, verse 1 in chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. So mark that word in verse 1, besieged. Nebuchadnezzar actually came into Judah three different times. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, becoming the king of the known world. He takes the country, the people of Judah, three times. The first time in around 606 BC, next in 597, and then finally in 586. And it was on the last invasion by Nebuchadnezzar that he completely destroys Jerusalem, burning it to the ground with fire. Now, as the ruler of the Babylonian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar was powerful and his empire was growing. And it was in the third year, 606 BC, that Nebuchadnezzar comes to town. Notice in verse 2, mark these phrases. And the Lord gave, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, little g. He brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Now notice verse 9. We'll jump ahead for a moment. Now God had brought Daniel. So the Lord gave and God had brought Daniel. And notice verse 17 in chapter 1. And these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. We approach the captivity with great sorrow and great difficulty. If we were watching it all unfold, the judgment of God is finally coming upon the house of Judah, the evil of the kings and the leadership there, just as God had predicted, just as he said would come to pass. It's now coming to pass. But you know as well as I do, when the judgment of God falls, innocent people suffer. Now, for us in the new covenant, when we experience the consequences of sin, innocent people suffer. Now, of course, 
you and I suffer the consequences of our own sin, we're suffering because of our own bad decisions. And yet the people around us, they suffer too. So here you have, in relationship to the bad leadership, you have innocent people suffering as they now are taken into captivity. However, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of hardship, we can't forget that God is very much involved in what transpires in our lives. And for this captivity in Judah, God is very much involved. The judging of the nation for their idolatry, their oppression of the poor, their lack of dependence upon him, their lack of pure worship. And it's the prediction, it's the fulfillment precisely of the prophecy in Isaiah 39 and Jeremiah 21 and 25, if you're taking notes. And yet behind the scenes, behind the scenes, God has a young man. His name is Daniel. A man that's going to be greatly used. A man that's going to be a light to the nation of Israel. A man that was so greatly used that we're studying his life and being encouraged by Daniel today. And I have to wonder, what is going on behind the scenes in your life of what God is going to use in your life to those around you? There you are in captivity and in bondage, suffering the consequences of your sin, perhaps dealing with the realities of bad decisions or difficulties that are unexplained. But there are always two sides to the unfolding picture in our lives. There's the human side, and then there's the divine side. The human side for Daniel is this captivity was horrible and horrific and difficult to endure. Nebuchadnezzar conquering the world with an iron fist was devastating and difficult for all that he came, acro came across. Seeing this apart from God, we might come to the conclusion, or he might come to the conclusion, look how great I am, look how powerful I am, look how in control I am. And he seems to be getting away with literally murder. However, from the divine perspective, he's just a pawn in the hands of a sovereign God. He's a tool of God. In Proverbs, let me show you, hold your place in Daniel. Would you turn over to Proverbs chapter 21 with me? Proverbs 21. We need to remember both sides. Both sides, the human and the divine. We can't help but see the human side because we live in flesh and bone bodies. And we live in the emotion of the moment. And we live with the feelings and the anxieties and the concerns and the wonderings and, and the hopelessness and the difficulties of life. We can't help but see the human side because we live it. We feel it. We breathe the human side. But if we only focus on the human side of things, then we're going to be greatly discouraged, overcome by our emotions, and blinded to the spiritual realities in our lives. And who really wants to live like that? Nobody wants to live like that. And yet we find ourselves stuck in the human realm so often. We find ourselves stuck in focusing on our circumstances and maybe even being blinded by our circumstances. If we were to meet Nebuchadnezzar and he was to roll through Aurora and take it captive and take us all back to Babylon, we'd be feeling it too. We'd be feeling the weight of all that we've lost. We'd be feeling the weight of all of what, what hope is our future. We'd be feeling the weight of all the cries, all the screams, all, all the death, all the difficulty. We'd be overwhelmed by it. 
When we read through the scriptures, we, we remember that the people experiencing these things were human beings like you and me. The reality of their emotions or the reality of your emotions. The circumstances might be different. The difficulties we face are, ha- have different nuances to them, but the responses are the same. Now, if we only stuck on the human side, then we'd be a little discouraged by Nebuchadnezzar, but there's also a divine side. And notice in Proverbs chapter 21, in verse 1, in Proverbs 21, 1, it says, the king's heart, and in this case, the king would be Nebuchadnezzar, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. And those of you that have read ahead in Daniel, you know that there is a coming an example in Nebuchadnezzar's life of where his heart is turned wherever God wants it. In the New Living Translation, it says in verse 1, the king's heart's like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He turns it wherever he pleases. And there are always two sides to the divine story, to the biblical story. But let me just say, there's always two sides to your story and mine. Always. There's the human and there's the divine. Many times when we're in trouble, we're prone to blame it on the devil or blame it on spiritual warfare. Could be possibly the demonic realm, could be a loss of spiritual warfare. But in what you're facing right now, in the time that you're facing it, in the way that you're facing it, could God be involved? The answer to that is, Of course, God is using it. God is using the situations, the pain, the problems caused by our own mistakes, caused by other people's mistakes, our own mishaps, our own sin. There is even pain in the Bible in some circumstances. There's even pain described in the Bible that is described as disciplining pain, or more commonly, we'd refer to it as God's chastening. Difficulties that are used to chasten and train us in the way that we should go. And so we see here that there's a demonic element in the life of Daniel, against Daniel, but there's also God. They're both working. The devil wants the nation of Israel destroyed, but God is more powerful and is using Daniel and the situation to strengthen the nation of Israel. Both things are happening. So between the the demonic, fleshly, difficult realm of the world, uh, the flesh, the devil, Nebuchadnezzar, and the powerful, sovereign hand of God that's allowing these things, molding and shaping the things around our lives to bring us to an end that he desires between the devil and God who wins. God always wins. He always wins. And our choice to willingly submit to the will of God is always wise to come sooner than later. Because some of us, we, you, know, you, you know how they say you can come the easy way? Or you can come the sort of easy way. No, no, the hard way. And some of us just choose the hard way. We end up at the same place. But other people seem to get there faster than we do. And then we wonder what's going on. And then God begins to reveal, look, you've been resisting. You've been resisting my sovereignty, Ed. You've been resisting the work I want to do in your life, Ed. You've been resisting that shaping and that molding. And, and I, I just, you know, it's almost like God sometimes, I just, I'm just watching it unfold for that right time. 
or I can begin to shape and mold and you become that moldable clay where you trust me again with your life. You see, God is sovereign. Sovereign, that means he is in perfect, powerful control. Or you could say in ultimate powerful control. And he works all things together for the good. He works all things together for his glory and our good. The deepening our faith and love and trust in him. And no matter what comes into my life, the best choice is to trust him moment by moment, knowing that he's on my side. And it's interesting, I'm not one of them, but it's interesting to watch a craftsman at work. Someone that's really good at what they do. Someone that can bring literally, you know, nothing or just a lump of something and make it super beautiful. Creative in drawing, creative in pottery, creative in woodworking, just simply creative. That are gifted in making things with their hands. It, it could be, you know, woodworking, it could be fixing elect, it could be fixing a car. Some of you are just so genius when it comes to a car. I, I just, I get so jealous of you. I don't even sometimes, I, I, I can mess things up trying to change the oil. I'll strip the thing, go up trying to put it back in and then just ruin the whole thing. And you change the oil and watch TV at the same time. You're so gifted. Extremely good at what you do. Being around men and women that craft are good chefs or know how to make coffee just the right way or you know, you, you in your mind, you know where you're headed. You have the end product in mind. You're good at what you do because you spend a lot of time doing what you do. And one of the things that we don't experience in how you became so good are all the mistakes that you made. You're only good because you've made mistakes. Now, some of you go, Ed, you don't know. I haven't made that many mistakes. Well, you made enough. And you learn from them. When a sculptor takes a piece of wood and creates something beautiful out of it, he takes the chisel, he takes the hammer, and he begins to beat on it and bang on it and chip away. And as he works, it makes the difference between firewood and a masterpiece of the tools that are in his hand, in our hand. We think of the work of God in our lives as he's chipping away as he's carving out. And I suspect if the wood could speak, we'd be very much like the wood if they could speak and say, why God? I don't even need that. I don't even want that. I'll just be half finished. That's fine with me. I don't want any more. It's too painful and it's too hard. But guys, he's at work and he's the master craftsman. The difference of our submission to him is the difference between firewood and a masterpiece. I mean, where are you today exactly? Are you in a job that you just can't stand? Are you in a relationship that's struggling? Are you listening to this from a hospital room or a jail cell somewhere? Maybe on the side of the road in a car that's broken down? Could God be using it? Could God be using the difficulties that you're in right now as a piece, as a part of the puzzle of your life? That although you don't see the outside, you don't have the box of the puzzle. You don't know how all the pieces are going to work. The Lord is revealing himself in deeper ways. And our resistance and our unwillingness to yield. Remember, James told us that wisdom from above is a willingness to yield. Not a rebellious resistance. That's not wisdom from above. Any parent 
would tell you this, any grandparent would tell you this, that what's desired in a child that's being disciplined is a willingness to yield. And that if our kids are resistant and fighting, then it's only delaying the process and making it worse. Because in a very real way, the chastening and the training of the parent will prevail. It's only a matter of how long will it take for the kid to, will, to willingly yield and learn and submit to the process. We can ask the question, could God be using it? And the answer is yes, God is using it. There's an old song we've sang many years ago. On occasion, Pastor, you don't bring it out here. I'm sure Pastor Jason will too. But the song goes, my hope is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. My life is in you, Lord. It's in you. It's in you. And it would need to be a song that Daniel sings now as he's taken captive. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Abounding Grace and what we hope was an encouraging message to you from Pastor Ed Taylor. And Ed, the key takeaway in today's message is God is using everything in our lives. Nothing is wasted. But does that mean everything is caused by God? You know, Larry, there's a lot of debate on this particular question, and I'll answer it right out of the gate. No, I don't think everything is caused by God because God gave us the independent ability to make free will decisions. So no, I don't believe everything is caused by God because a statement like that would include sin, and God doesn't sin nor is he tempted by sin. However, through the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, very much like the ingredients of an apple pie or chocolate chip cookies, as you mix them all together, According to the right recipe and the right amount of heat, <laughs> you know, just some flour and some lemon rinds and some semi-sweet chocolate chips and flour and salt. You mix them all together and you have them. Nothing's wasted, right? You use them all, follow the recipe. The end result is beautiful in a very similar way, but a much more cosmic, powerful way. God uses all the things, all the faults, failures all the successes, all the sins, and works them together for good according to his glory. The thing that our lives, you know, the end result, the lives that, that will bring glory and honor to him. So no, he's not the cause of everything. He has given us free will. However, we are the cause of every sinful thing, and even those things aren't wasted. And I think that's a word from the Lord for someone, because you get so beat out of shape, you know, bent out of shape, beat yourself up because of your failures. And it's a good reminder today that God can even use, not even, he will use your failures. He's not done with you yet. Turn away from your sinful behaviors, turn away from your sinful patterns, and come back to the Lord today. And I pray that in Jesus' name into your life. So thanks, Larry. Great question. I'm just thinking somebody listening I mean, many people, it's not just one, many people listening to this today need to come back and stop beating themselves up. And I know God's already doing that work in them by the Holy Spirit. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. Simply go online to hear this again at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're at AboundingGraceRadio.com. More and more people these days are accessing our teachings through our app. 
Not only is it really convenient, but it's easy, too. You can download that right now. Search for Calvary Aurora and start listening to Pastor Ed Taylor through your mobile devices. You can also watch the live stream from Calvary Church in Aurora through that app. These are difficult, challenging times we're living in, and we'd like to offer you a book that can be a real encouragement. It's Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. You might think of lament as how we bring our sorrow to God, but this is often a neglected part of the Christian experience. Learn how to vocalize your pain and wrestle with sorrow as you move toward deeper worship and trust in God. Author Mark Rogop explores the Bible through the Psalms and Lamentations, inviting you to tap into God's grace and mercy that He offers in the darkest moment of your life. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE. Please remember us in your prayers and giving to the Lord as you're able. People need to hear about God's abounding grace right now. And with your help, we can make that possible. You can make a secure donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.